0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We coming to 8th time. Let's get to work in, man. Let's go. Great day. Great day. Oh, give me some juice, baby. It is still a football Friday. There is still football. There's good football. I'm excited for this weekend for these conference title games, man. Welcome in, everybody, on a football Friday. Sean Pendergast, Seth Payne. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Uh, Good morning. You know, you say
2: there's good football, and yet the Lions are a a pretty big underdog to the 49ers. But uh, they've, they've got that riverboat Dan element to them. These gamblers, these risk takers that they, you could easily foresee them pulling it off. And there is a little bit of the Lions that uh, just uh, reminds me of the Texans uh, and the, the yeah. type of coach that they have. Even those guys have different personalities. They're still guys that are more about just like creating a culture. And then um, defensively. The Lions are a bit they're a lot like the Texans. They stop the run real well, but it's because their linebackers are suckers for the play action. So the the 49ers who are hellacious with play action, that's the that's the big opportunity for them today. Yeah, this, this weekend, excuse
1: yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm uh I don't think the Lions are going to win. I think ultimately pressure on Jared Goff is what's going to do them in. He's just a way different quarterback when he's got yeah. he's got things going on around him in the pocket and the Niners can cause a lot of things in the pocket for an opposing team. So I don't think they're gonna win, but I would love for them to win and I am rooting for the Ravens unequivocally in the AFC title game. I yo yeah.
2: I think oh boy, have you seen any polls, I bet, outside of Houston or like outside of your own polls. I'm betting like eighty percent of NFL fans want the Ravens. Yeah, the I,
1: I I just feel they become the new Patriots, but not yeah. but but a kind of a more a more annoying version of them, you know, with all the Pomp and circumstance going on around the team.
2: I think the only thing holding back the Ravens at this point is maybe people who don't want to be proven wrong on Lamar Jackson. Right, right, which right. I get. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. I fall prey to that all the time. I yeah. try, I try to fight against it, and then I remember, hey, it's just sports, baby. But with, uh, yeah, I think the the Ravens are weird. It's weird that the Ravens would be an underdog, given that they've had a pretty damn good century, mm-hmm. and yet uh, the Chiefs have been to six straight AFC Championship games. Yeah, six. yeah.
1: Yeah, which I respect. Again, it's
2: hard to pull that off and remain beloved except for teams like the Astros. Right. Very few teams are beloved nationally like the Astros (laughs) after having that much success getting to the semifinal round.
1: Yeah, it accentuates just how amazing it is that the Astros have remained this lovable to the United States while while enjoying all this success. That's a really good point, Seth. I try to
2: remind that to Kansas City fans all the time. Like, hey, I I feel for you guys. Not everybody can be as beloved as the Astros Mm -hmm. despite extreme success. Yep,
1: yep. Absolutely. So, um, so you can hear both those games on Sports Radio six ten this week. And also, I I mean, I'm already thinking ahead. Maybe it's because the I I don't know why the Texans this year have leaned into. Hey, this is who they're playing next year. Maybe because people are excited about the team. I guess you don't really lean into. Hey, it it looks when you have a team like you did the last three (laughs) years. It's more like here's what the death march looks like next next year. Now the Texans are putting out graphics like, "Hey everybody, this is what the home schedule is." They've already asked Amy for her money for her season tickets for next year. That's yeah. that's due like the week Strike, after the Super Bowl.
2: While <laughs> the iron is hot, yeah, the days that, the days
1: look, look. of them dropping the prices are over. I will mention that as well, which I understand. I understand. No,
2: honestly, though, they it's an exciting schedule to trump up. Like uh, uh, to your point, yeah, it's not like they're gonna. Hey guys, I just want to let just wanted to break the bad news to everybody. It's a lot harder next year. Like yeah. uh, the, there, there's marquee quarterbacks. Yeah, and that's nothing sells football like marquee quarterbacks.
1: Well, and and the point I was going to make was three of these four teams that play this weekend are on the Texans mm. schedule next year. Uh, they play the Ravens and the Lions at home, and they play the Chiefs on the road next year.
2: You know what that says? Advantage us. Yeah, Because uh, the Texans coaches can sit at home and, and get their advanced study. They've got these other teams are all yeah. yeah. These, other, these other teams are all worried with their selfish pursuit of glory this call, weekend, Seth. whereas the Texans yeah. can actually just kind of start studying in advance.
1: Good call. Good call, Seth. Um, as far as news yesterday goes, I think the... Man, I don't want to jinx it. There's only two openings left in the NFL for uh, NFL jobs. The uh, Commanders and the Seahawks, both of whom both of whom are interested or at least have Bobby Slowick on the list. But I feel like the biggest threat, if you're somebody who wants Bobby Slowick back, and I think you should if you're a Texan fan, I think we want continuity for year two of C.J. Stroud. Those two clearly work well together. There's a lot Bobby needs to improve on, but he did a lot of good things this year too. I think the biggest threat has been neutralized. The Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Blank, the owner had Bobby Slowick in his home yesterday for an interview with all yeah. the muckety mucks from Atlanta. Interviewed him, and then at least outwardly, it appeared turned around and hired Raheem Morris <laughs> so, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, was he yeah. even on the odds board. Yeah, yeah, no, he he was on the list, Raheem Morris. Well,
2: uh, but now that's when I got nervous when I found out that Bobby was at that's a good call. I'm going to see where he was. I'm
1: going to see where he was on the odds board, though. Let's see how these odds yeah. makers yeah, did
2: because and this. I, I, you love You love looking at the future 's odds, and I try not to kill your joy on this, but my god they 're so bad when it comes to future hires I, I, What was Belichick two weeks ago? It was all but a given that Belichick was going to be the coach of the Falcons. my God, but he I was minus
1: ner- two hundred yeah yeah. yeah yeah,
2: where I got nervous was. That Bobby Sloak was at Arthur Blank's house, and I don't know if they were doing that with everybody else, but immediately your mind goes to, "Oh yeah, Mike McCarthy and his slumber party at the Jerry Jones mansion." You know, like Jerry Jones got Mike McCarthy at his mansion, and they had a little old sleepover, probably cooked s'mores up over the fireplace or something, <laughs> yep. over the ninth fireplace. And by morning, Mike McCarthy was his. So uh, you know, a guy like Arthur Blank starts putting the moves on you at his house. You, who knows what's going to happen?
1: Okay, here, here is here are the odds on. This is. Um, this is uh, about a week and a half ago. Okay, odds on the next Falcons head coach, Bill Belichick, minus one fifty. Yeah, which means you got to risk one hundred fifty bucks to win a hundred. It means he at that point it means he's a pretty heavy favorite. He's like it's like a sixty percent chance he gets the job. Eric yeah. Bieniemy was number two on the list. I don't even know yeah. that he got an interview. Bobby Slowick was three, tied with Jim Harbaugh, Kellen Moore, and Mike Vrabel. Ben Johnson, Raheem Morris was seventh on the list. Okay, okay, so he was on the he was on the radar. Uh,
2: yeah, it's a come from behind story for the ages, right there. I was like, do you? Uh,
1: do, you um, do you? And, and I'm it, look. I'm, I'm. I don't have blinders up on these odds boards. I just think they're fun to look at, like yeah. kind of like the stock market, um, but a really janky version of the stock market, admittedly. Um, I feel like it's like a ninety-five percent chance Bobby Slowick is back next year. Now,
2: I get why. Why were you more? Raheem um, Morris is a defensive backs coach at Cornell in nineteen ninety-nine. I didn't know that. Okay. So why were you? Why were you thinking that the? Uh, that the Falcons were more likely than the, than Washington. Whereas with, with Washington, Bobby's got, you know, a, a common bond with a the GM there. And just, and
1: just chatter that I'd heard, you okay. know, like uh, a okay. chatter that you'd heard that Ben Johnson has really, you know, Boomer Esiason, who I'm guessing knows people has really been touting Ben Johnson as the guy. And I, and I understand this could all be agent yeah. BS. Yeah. I get it. But Ben John, I think Ben Johnson's a better candidate than Bobby Slowick. probably a more accomplished candidate than Bobby Slowick, mm-hmm. And he's been rumored for the Washington job, Seattle's never really felt like a Bobby Sloak thing, even though and we we had heard chatter that Atlanta really liked Bobby Sloak, and I'm with you when you hear the guys getting invited over to the owner's house for an interview without knowing if everybody else has been invited over to the house, you get a little nervous like yeah. that that's the ultimate like we're not letting this guy go you know, and so. it was it was bizarre to see the news that they turn around and they hire Raheem the news they hired Raheem Morris. Bobby Sloak probably hadn't even gotten to the airport yet, <laughs> you know, like in Atlanta. Well,
2: with Raheem Morris, there's that unfinished business of, you know, he had a, he a, like a semi-turnaround an interim coach bump back there in 2020. That's right. And a lot of people felt like Raheem Morris deserved a chance back then. So the I, I do like that these teams are just interviewing a boatload of dudes anymore. It's very – every the two earliest hires were in-house hires. Uh, so and you never got this sense that man teams are rushing or just trying to go after the hot candidate or what have you. I think they're starting to feel it. Like, okay, there's a fit matters. You know, they, let's let's really be sure about this.
1: Yeah, um, Carolina found a coach. I think um, I think all things considered, like Carolina, that's not a great job just based on the owner. Unless the owner's going to change his behavior, yeah. then then that's not a good job. They did about as good as they could expect to do, I think. If, they're, if, if they were of mind to get a young, uh, well-thought-of offensive mind, Dave Canales of Tampa Bay did a really good job kind of resurrecting Baker Mayfield's career this year. He did a yeah. good job resurrecting Geno. He was part of Geno Smith's resurrection in Seattle. And he's, he has, Seth, he has a body of work in which recently he has rehabbed the career of an undersized former, yeah. former number one overall pick. You're yeah. hired, Canales. You know, yeah. Canales. You if, Everyone good.
2: Uh, this feels a little bit like uh, Lane Kiffin to the Raiders, in that Lane Kiffin was young enough. I mean, Lane was Lane was like in his early 30s, wasn't he? He was absurdly young. Yeah. But uh, I, I felt like he was young enough, and he knew that he wouldn't be blamed if it didn't work out with the Raiders, because Al Davis was just such a mess at that point. I think Dave Canales may have gotten counsel that look. You got Bryce Young. You can either – people think he's a bust already. You either turn him around and you do great things or they're going to blame this on Tepper, and it's not your fault. So just go ahead. Get that on your resume that you're head coach worthy. Nobody's going to blame you. You'll get another chance yeah, and get that money. Get that check. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think, too – and I'm going to say this in a, like a very bipartisan way, everybody. Don't get all triggered on me for a minute. But, like, you know, there, I think there are a lot of people that thought – there were people that thought they were going to join Trump's presidency, and uh, and uh, like they they were going to change him, you know. And then they realized, okay, Trump's got a, Trump's a pretty independent dude. <laughs> like, on the, so there was turnover. I think Canales might be somebody that thinks he can change Tepper, mm. and and not quite realize how independent <laughs> Good Tepper luck. actually yeah. is. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Um, I'll stand up to him, and I'll do this or that or whatever.
1: Your, uh, your Lane Kiffin theory is a good one. I'd not thought of that. The other thing I would say, too, Canales has worked with Dan Morgan, the GM, before. They worked together in Seattle. So at least there's a working knowledge of each other. Uh, yeah. You know, they worked together before. It's, uh, look, that's as imperfect a job as there is on this market. So if you're Dave Canales, you got to look at the bright side on all this. you know, you, hey, you got number one overall pick at quarterback, who's probably a little damaged right now. And you've got what at least looks like a playbook to repair damaged quarterbacks. I think it's a good hire for Carolina. Actually, all right, um, off and running.
2: Is, I, honestly, yeah, it's a more exciting hire than I thought they were going to be able to yeah. pull. I yeah. thought was, I thought it was going to be like a, the the Browns when they hired what's his face there a few years ago. The
1: like retread city. Yeah, Hugh Jackson. Yeah, yeah. No,
2: not Hugh Jackson. No, before the uh, defensive coordinator. Oh, Pettine, Mike Petton. Yeah, yeah, Mike Petton. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, this this is. Uh, I, I think it's a good. It's a, it's a good hire. So we're down to two. Washington and Seattle, how you feeling? If you're somebody who wants Bobby Slowick back, Gerard Johnson is still interviewing for offensive coordinator jobs. I feel pretty good they're going to get both those guys back at this point. So we'll see. We'll talk about it more as the show rolls on today. It's a football Friday. We'll dig into the AFC and NFC title games. The AFC title game is going to feature, as always, the announced crew of Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Is there trouble in paradise? The most respected media reporter – lays out how CBS might be viewing their number one announce team right now, and it ain't good. We will have that for you next.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. There's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast.
1: Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, football Friday. AFC-NFC title game. You can hear them both on Sports Radio 610 this weekend. Uh, if you watch the games on TV, the uh, AFC title game, of course, will be on CBS. That's the earlier of the two games. Boy, um, it... it... When you read an article like the one that popped yesterday in the New York Post from Andrew Marchand, and it just matches everything you see on a broadcast for really like the last couple of years. Like yeah. I'm watching the I'm watching the broadcast, Seth, of Jim Nance and Tony Romo, the last couple of years, and I'm watching this. I'm like, I don't think they like each other. I think Jim Nance wants to be so many other places right now other than doing a game with Tony Romo.
2: That's the biggest part of it. Like, I, I honestly, I, I realized over time, I, I, it used to annoy me. It would only annoy me about people gushing about Romo calling out the plays because they would ignore the fact that he was wrong 50% of the time. It, was, it would drive me, that would drive me insane. I got over that after a while because I realized, okay, Romo is having fun out there, and he does. He does give you a lot of insight. He doesn't. I wish he would admit more when he was wrong about his predictions. But um, he's uh, like he gives a boatload of insight. But it is like it's it's like they're moving further and further apart. And like Romo, it's almost like Romo is getting goofier and more childish as Nance is like turning into a grumpy old man. Yeah, I feel like they're I feel like they're driving the, uh, each other away from each other.
1: Yeah, here was. So it's an article about just how how disjointed the broadcast is. And they're calling the Super Bowl. That's the other big theme of the article. It's like, look, these two are, they, they it's not, it's not just that, I think it's probably more from Nance's end than Romo's end. I think Romo's just probably happy to be there and he's enjoying the game and he just doesn't work yeah. as hard as he used to. Like it, I don't, it
2: doesn't, it doesn't. I don't know if he ever worked hard. It's that he had, he had just been, he had been working hard as a quarterback. He had just left he, the league. Yeah, yeah. Notice very sharp. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: those predictions he was making stopped at some point because it he was, wasn't as plugged in.
2: It, it reminds me of uh, like Mark Twain's description of being a riverboat captain, like when you're going down the Mississippi back in the old days before they had all the the banks uh, all solidified and everything, it was constantly shifting and changing. So, like, you could be the world's greatest sh- uh, riverboat captain, but if you took six months off, you, you would come back and you wouldn't know a damn thing about the river. Yeah, I feel like Romo, the further and further he gets away from being an active quarterback, yes. he knows less and less about the river.
1: Yeah, he, here's, here's to me the money quote in the article. Again, this is Andrew Marshawn of the New York Post. And for those who don't nerd out over media stuff, maybe, like, like some of us do, um, he's probably the most respected Media, One of them, Richard Dietch, Andrew Marshawn, he's a very respected uh, reporter for um, for TV and radio media. He says this, Romo was a sensation at the time, talking about back early in his career as a commentator, and CBS wanted him on its side when they walked into negotiations with Roger Goodell and his lieutenants. And just to pause here for a second, at the time, after Romo's first couple years with CBS, there was a huge bidding war for Tony Romo's services, if you can believe that, between CBS and ESPN. Ultimately, CBS gives him a 10-year, $180 million contract. So he's under contract to CBS for another like six or seven seasons after this. Yeah, Continuing, CBS ended up retaining its Sunday package of games, the playoffs, and Super Bowls for around $2 billion a year. Now, though, not even halfway through Romo's decade-long deal, CBS sports executives have an issue because Romo and his partner Jim Nance are manning broadcasts that lack chemistry, storytelling, much strategy and levity. It's routinely discombobulated. That's Andrew Marchand saying that, because I, yeah. I want to point out here. he says CBS sports executives have an issue because dot dot dot. this feels more like Andrew Marshawn's opinion than, oh, okay. you know than CBS and there, there it, may be some executives telling him this, too
2: this is where i've uh, this is one thing that I've noticed and I've realized I, I've looked at like various polls that people have done and everything. Uh, Tony Romo is still very much uh, i think liked uh, if not adored by the majority of sports fans. and uh, my wife is one of them. It's one of the things that stresses our marriage the most because i uh, i get I get frustrated sometimes with the mistakes he makes during a broadcast where Brandy says, you know what, Seth, he sounds, like, uh, he sounds like a fun drunk guy who's not taking himself too seriously, so he makes a mistake every now and then. And, and I'm like, okay, so I have to watch my drinking, but Romo can just go ahead and act like he... Uh, fine, fine, fine. Uh, but she, like, she feels like when she hears Romo's voice, it's a party while she's watching the game.
1: Yeah. I To that end, look, the ratings aren't suffering because Tony Romo's on there. I yeah. the, It's probably people that are more in tune with actual football and looking more for analysis that don't really like Romo's broadcast. You know who this is the biggest issue for, I think, honestly? Uh. Jim Nance. Like, it's the biggest... Yeah, the that's big, where it's, the, it,
2: it gets uncomfortable.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable to listen to. If you have any sort of ear for it, you can tell that, that Jim Nance doesn't seem to enjoy doing these broadcasts with Tony Romo. And I, I don't know that they... Look, they're committed to Romo for another six years. I don't think they're going to pay him $18 million a year Hey. To bump him down to the C team or fire him. You know what I mean? Hey, you know what, Jim Nance? You brought him in, sweetheart.
2: <laughs> you know, like what the hell? Like this is your call, man. You begged and pleaded for him. This was your call. That's right. Jim Nance Jim Nance can go be sour all he wants. That's right. Jim Nance brought Tony Romo in. The Texans the Texans may have tried to make a trade for Tony Romo, but he got yoinked away by CBS. They can all go die. And these TV executives, I don't, I don't give a damn about articles telling me what TV executives think. They're generally morons uh, who got the job. Oh, never
1: mind. Um, <laughs> you never <Go> know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, and we should point out what Seth's talking about is that Jim Nance was doing games with Phil Simms forever and sounded Kind of like he does now with Romo with Phil Sims towards the end, like frustrated yeah. with him, things like that. So I, I couldn't
2: handle an easy question from. Clinton rhyme. Yeah, at that's a, why I don't feel he, sports I, I feel, awards a I, I, couple I, I feel, years ago. I,
1: yeah, I feel zero remorse for Jim, Jim Nance right now. Jim zero. Nance pulled the
2: diva routine. He yeah. was dead to me then. I'm yeah. like, all right, Jim Nance, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay.
1: You can't oh. handle a simple
2: question about Deshaun Watson. Now, you're, you're so precious. Uh, the I'm one, a sports guy. We're all in sports, Jim Nance. It's nonsense. Stop taking yourself so seriously.
1: The one thing they point out that Andrew Marchand points out in this article that I hadn't, I hadn't really noticed. I mean, I noticed it, but I hadn't noticed it to the extent that. It's something that we should be annoyed with. Is they do probably more than any other um, broadcast team, certainly any other elite broadcast team. Yeah. Lean, lean on the supporting actors in all this: Tracy, oh, yeah. Tracy Wolfson, Jay Feely, Gene Steratore. They, I had not noticed that, but they do bring the three of them in way more, way more than other broadcast teams do. And and what Marshawn is pointing out is it feels almost like a crutch like where there's – where there would – if it was just the two of them where there would normally be awkward silence because they're this couple that's married but probably should be divorced, like not getting along, then one of them will just go, well, what do you think, Jay? What do you think, Gene? What do you
2: think? Like when there were – when they they went for the – Fake punt. When the Bills went for the the fake punt on uh, fourth down in their own territory – and Romo thought it was pretty risky. Called basically called it a turnover. Went out to Jay Feely, and Jay Feely was like, "Well, there are only ten guys on the field." And then Romo was like, "Yeah, that was a good decision. It was a good decision." Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Now we got to play the audio. <laughs> you- okay.
2: Well, this is it. I don't have the audio of that. Right. Um, we do have the audio of this. Uh, this caught my ear at the end of the third quarter which would end up resulting with a uh, – this was the Pacheco, Pacheco touchdown uh, in the, the, early in the fourth quarter. Um, they started off the series – this is going to be three plays all mashed together because this series, I, I just – I left – I was very, very uh, confused by the end of it. Um, kids, at the beginning, Romo's going to use the word Rolodex. He's talking about dialing up a blitz when he says Rolodex, okay?
1: okay? Andy Reid has a beat on what – Buffalo is doing. I think you have to roll a it in this half more than you did in the first
0: There's Mahomes completing it
1: If you don't have Linebackers Jim don't ask them to cover Correct. Just blitz them run right through the middle and say we're gonna go ahead and take him They're coming
0: after him right up that middle. He saw it both these guys Kelsey one-on-one here they come on second and eight he's able to get ahead of them and go down the field and connect at the 16-yard line and Valdez Scantling has another big catch
1: for as long as we can remember Mahomes playing in the NFL you do not blitz him he's been one of the best quarterbacks in history against the blitz <laughs> and, let, and let me let me point out like the part where he's saying you got to blitz him and you then gotta the end, him. you got to blitz yeah. him and then say don't blitz there was no Time shrinkage that like that part you played continuously right there
2: right like uh well no 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 that was two separate plays that Those was two separate okay plays. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay but even though gotcha. because know, he called multiple times during okay. leading up to that he called multiple times for the blitz he got to blitz him and, and uh and, and when a, they did when they blitzed and got burnt by valdez Scandling uh you ju- you just do not blitz Pat Mahomes okay and
1: Rolodex <laughs> so Rolodex mean he was saying that meant blitz is what you were saying yeah like earlier. dial up a blitz dial yeah. up a blitz okay Rolodex I got gotcha. you okay yeah i'm I was wondering what that meant when he said "Rolodex." Okay, you got a Rolodex something. So the
2: other part that was fun too. Um, I, I'd, I'd be interested in the listener's opinion on this because the more I listen to this, I actually, when I first heard it, I was like, "This is the dumbest dad joke I've ever heard." Um, this is at the very beginning of the broadcast where Jim Nance is uh, describing the setting and the, uh, the the Kansas City coming to play in Buffalo.
0: In fact, Kansas City played here, Tony, back during COVID. So it's the second trip here for Patrick Mahomes, but he played before zero fans on that occasion, and tonight there are 70,000-plus who are screaming against him.
2: Well, that's how many fans I play in front
1: of normally at my house. Pretend like they're all there, but there's zero
2: He always said zero at the end. I kind of liked it. <laughs>
1: zero, Fair, there, but there's zero.
2: zero. <laughs> I I think the problem with I think the problem with Romo is I don't think he's a I don't think he's a funny guy, but he acts like he's a funny guy on the broadcast. And uh and and then despite my judgment on the matter, I think a lot of people think he's actually funny. Mm-hmm. So that's a that a lot of those I think the, a lot of the attempts at humor, people like Andrew Marchand and maybe the cynical Sean Pendergast and uh, and the grumpy Seth Payne. Look at and think like, oh my God, what are you doing? But like, the majority of people are like, ah, he's a big goofball. Yeah, we
1: may be in the minority on this. I, you know, I don't know. It's, it, it's and, and Andrew Marchand is somebody who's immersed in it. It may very well be one of those things where we're just too close to it. We, you know, we just we're just looking for something else. And uh, Joe Q. America is and and Mrs. Joe Q. America more importantly. Maybe to draw in a big audience, yeah. are just looking for they 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 just want. They just want fun and frivolity on there. The, the The problem is, it doesn't seem like Jim Nance wants Tony Romo on there again. That's, that's, a, the that's Jim problem. Nance's
2: fault. Like he's got nobody to be angry at except for himself. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the and the CBS sports executives. This is what I'd say. Like Dan Dierdorf and Phil Simms were mainstays as color analysts on the biggest games uh, for for years and years there, and they were rough, man. They yeah. were rough. So I don't know if the CBS sports executives know a damn thing about what they're talking about.
1: Hey, can I take another broadcaster to task right here, if you don't mind? Yes. Um, His name is John P. Lopez. Mm. They were talking yesterday on In the Loop. I was listening to In the Loop, as I do every day. I'm a loophole, so I'm taking my walk around the neighborhood. I'm listening to the fellas, having another great show. And Landry got to talking about – they They were just sort of just chopping it up about the Texans, and Landry kind of just sort of sidebar says, man, we, we should go back and watch the, the David Culley press conference from back when he was introduced back in the day, just to go back and – and I've done that several times just to, more or less, just to remember like, oh, God, it's so good now. This is how it was then. Like, you look back at that to relish where you are right now. And Lopez made what I, man, I mean, I had to go back and look. He made an interesting claim yesterday. We might need to revisit the introductory press conference of oh, David Coley. Damn.
0: I, I really like, I think we can laugh at it now, right? I was in the back of the room. The faces on Texan staffers who were all standing in the back of the room. <laughs> Dude, it would be, I I would have a a gazillion hits if I videotaped it. They were like, mouths open, (laughs) eyes wide, this is him? This
2: is our guy? Man, I didn't know who he was. I'll be real.
1: Okay, I had to go back and look. Like, now I don't think Lopez is being, I don't think he's lying here, but that call was, I think he's thinking of something, but that David Cully press conference was on Zoom. Like Cully, they people walked into the the people who were allowed in there walked in with masks on. I like the whole thing was done on Zoom. Did John Lopez get special access to the David Cully introductory uh, press conference?
2: You know what? I give everybody a pass during the Zoom era because, (laughs) for one. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't remember what I did and didn't do in person during all of that. Okay. And two, he may have been looking at the faces of people on the Zoom call. If if he was anything like okay. me, remember how massive those Zoom calls yeah. were. Yeah. You get bored and you just kind of scan through. Okay. You just I'm scan through and look do. at everybody's faces. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. That's a fit. Like, yeah, because I'm. I mean, I'm playing. I don't like. I don't think. I don't think John's a liar. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. think he's like. But clearly he wasn't there because nobody was allowed in that room. Okay, I was, my thinking was he must be thinking of Lovey's press conference. Because we were all there for that one, like we were. Well, his
2: press conference was good, though. I mean, it was fine enough, though, right? Like he didn't really say anything earth shatteringly. No, it was like, a good weird. press conference, but maybe yeah. Lopez
1: viewed it differently. Maybe he looked at some people, and you know, it was. Yeah. Because it was a weird hire, I will say that. Like it was. It was a weird hire. Yeah. Everything
2: felt uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 It felt yeah. like you felt like you knew your mom had married your stepdad for the money. Right. It's just like kind of right. like what's? Yeah. What the, it's my mom. Is she a whore? What's going on
1: here? What the hell? That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Seth. <laughs> Okay, that's your 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 reason is better than mine. I, I my immediate thought was he must be thinking of Lovey's press conference. Yeah, yours is a better one though, which is you know, We were all on those Zoom calls, and he was probably looking around at the people on the Zoom call as David Cully is saying that he took this job because it was one of thirty-two jobs in the NFL and whatnot. Like
2: poor David Cully, I, I say poor David Cully. I mean, like he was he was compensated quite well, but but Not I mean poor. he wasn't prepared nothing in his coaching career had prepared him I don't think for for stepping into that situation I don't know how many head coaches would have been prepared for stepping into that situation and handling those Deshaun Watson questions yeah. about and just I mean the biggest mistake he made was coming off like in complete denial about any issues whatsoever yeah. now at that point that was before any allegations had emerged that was just that Deshaun Watson had reportedly wanted a trade. And that was the uncomfortable elephant in the room. Um, and that, but, and that was weird. And then it got weirder and weirder as things got more and more serious. Did it ever did it ever.
1: Yeah. All right. Um off and often running on a uh, football Friday. Appreciate you tuning in. If you're just getting in your car and you need some headlines, good news. We've got them for you coming up next. Bunch of Texans honored, or I should say nominated for NFL honors next week. Coaching cycle. I think good news for the Texans in the coaching cycle And um, perhaps one of the dumbest NFL players revealed yesterday. We'll get to all that in headlines next.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites.
1: Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. All right, here are your headlines for today. Let's start with a few Texans headlines. Um, D'Amico Ryans named the Pro Football Writers of America Coach of the Year yesterday. First ever Texans head coach to win that award. This is not the same as the AP Coach of the Year, which will be given out at the NFL Honors Uh, during Super Bowl week, I believe the Thursday night of Super Bowl week. D'Amico is one of the finalists for that, however. He is a finalist. There are four Texans who are among the five finalists for their respective categories. C.J. Stroud, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Will Anderson, Defensive Rookie of the Year. D'Amico Ryan's Coach of the Year. And Bobby Slowick is one of five finalists for Assistant Coach of the Year. So the Texans are well represented among the finalists i think if you're betting your life on one of them cj stroud is the one to bet your life on if you had to bet on any of the other three seth will anderson defensive rookie of the year D'Amico coach of the year and bobby slowick assistant coach of the year who would you back if you had to pick one of those three to win it
2: i'm guessing it would be will anderson i'm with you on um, that. especially because of his late season fighting through injuries on a cinderella team cinderella story of a team going to the playoffs whereas uh, Jalen, his counterpart, that would be the favorite for the defensive rookie of the year originally. Um, Jalen Carter. That that defense fell apart, and uh, they were a playoffs disappointment. So uh, I think that was probably enough. Because Will was Will was creeping back up as Will started to get more sacks in the second half of the season. The it was more eye, eye popping to people outside of Houston. He started to creep up into a close second. To Jalen Carter. Yeah. And yeah, th- those last few games and like the disaster that Philadelphia was in the regular season. This is a regular season award. They don't count the playoff results. Um, but in the regular season you could see where it was going. The the, the Philadelphia was falling apart.
1: Absolutely. Um so so that's that's what you've got as far as honors for the Texans go. As yeah. as far as uh the coaching cycle, uh, Bobby Slowick interviewed with Atlanta yesterday at reportedly at Arthur Blank, the owner's home. And then shortly after that, last night, uh, yesterday evening, the Atlanta Falcons made a decision and hired Raheem Morris mm-hmm. to become their new head coach. He'd, it, I'd forgotten that. You pointed this out earlier. He was their interim head coach. When they moved on from Dan Quinn a few years ago,
2: yeah, and and they'd been winless at the time. He ended up going four and seven. It wasn't awesome or anything, but they looked like a much better team under Raheem Morris uh, than they had before he took over. So, and and there was kind of like a groundswell of support for Raheem Morris. This felt almost like uh, like if you're. If you're like maybe just in the early stages of a relationship with a woman and then all of a sudden her her ex boyfriend comes around or ex husband and you can't like you can't compete with that emotional baggage. Mm-hmm. You know? Like she's just she's gonna It's like yeah, in history. casino. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's like the William Hurt character in casino. Like William Hurt comes sniffing around with his cheap jacket and his his greasy hair and he's like, Oh no, that's a, uh, oh no it wasn't William it Hurt It was James was it? Woods. James Woods, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very different, very different actors. I, I yeah, was so like, James- you had me thinking. I'm like, was William
1: Hurt in Casino? Oh my God, I've seen Casino like ten William, times. No, <laughs> yeah, James. William Woods.
2: Hurt was in the Good Shepherd that I just watched. Yep. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, it felt like maybe maybe Bobby Sloke was really really close, but Arthur Blank just couldn't forget the good times he'd had with Raheem Morris. Hey, maybe once they had a child together, you know, it's right. complicated.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. The people in Casino did. I, yeah, Arthur Blank and Raheem Morris didn't. Um Maybe Bobby Slowick turned them down at his home. Maybe he went to Arthur Blank's home, did the interview. like, and t- these drapes? It said, you know what? turned him down because of the decor is that Bobby's, bow
2: wood panel Bobby Slowick walks in
1: like, Bobby Sloick walks in oh no 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 we're gonna need to change we're gonna need to change everything in here oh no 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 sir I'd,
2: li- I'd like it better if you were a passive aggressive designer like oh this is um mm. this is an interesting choice interesting
1: choice of drapes mm. wow mm. Hmm. yeah I didn't
2: uh I don't Not not everything needs to look like your mustache, Arthur.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we say all this to say, Bobby Sloick, I said said this earlier, I feel like with Washington and Seattle being the only two remaining openings, I feel like it's a 95% chance that Bobby Slowick is going to remain the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans.
2: You feel that way because Ben Johnson is the the favorite in Washington at this point? I feel that way because
1: Ben Johnson and Mike Vrabel are both still on the market.
2: Yeah, yeah. And Ben Johnson's kind of the Bobby Slowick of Ben Johnson was Bobby Slowick last year. Right. Ben Johnson was like the except he had last year Ben Johnson had one and a half years of experience. Yeah. Right? Because he took over two years ago, I midway through so, the season, yeah. when they started their. Yeah, that's when they started winning games. Yeah. So he'd had one and a half years of, ex- of play calling experience, where now, now they, I think he's been in the cycle for a while. He's been a name that's buzzed about. Slowick's gonna, I think it works this way a lot. Guys will be, they'll go th- through one hiring cycle, kind of like D'Amico did when he pulled himself out the year before, yep. and then all of a sudden he's bona fide the next year.
1: Yep. So, um, So Bobby Slowick, I think, is going to stay. Dave Canales, the uh, offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay, did a nice job with Baker Mayfield this year. He is the new head coach in Carolina. He will be tasked with doing something that he has actually done well twice now, which is play a significant role in the rehabilitation of a quarterback. He was part of Seattle staff when Geno Smith um, had his, I won't call it a resurgence, just his surgeons. He had never really been good in the NFL, but he was – Good enough to get a, a big contract from Seattle with Canales in the building there as the quarterbacks coach. Then he became the OC in Tampa Bay last year and did a phenomenal job with Baker Mayfield. Uh, rehabilitated Baker Mayfield's career. Now he will be tasked with rehabilitating the distressed asset that is Bryce Young in Carolina. Yeah. I think it's a good hire by Carolina, g- um, g- given given the given just how that job has been viewed. It's viewed as easily the worst of these openings this go around. I think that's a good hire by them. All things considered, I think the the
2: big difference though too is I'd wonder. All right, like does Carolina have a, a Mike Evans and a Chris Godwin? Does Carolina have a Tyler Lock and a DK Metcalf? Like I, I don't know. It's just um, it's it's they don't. That's, that's the answer. That's the answer to my rhetorical question. Is that
1: they don't. But both of those teams you named that Canales was part of were playoff teams. I don't think the expectation yeah. is going to be to get them to the playoffs this year necessarily. Yeah, yeah you just know. to
2: get them to some level of credibility yep. and hope for Bryce Young. Yep. Now I wonder what Dave Tepper – I wonder what Dave Tepper says to Dave Canales uh, that, like, hey, I'm not going to be uh, – like, how does he assure Dave Canales that he's not going to throw him under the bus? By lying. I've changed. Lying. Yeah, lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. (laughs) A hedge fund manager would never lie. (laughs) I know. It's crazy to say that. A black box hedge fund (laughs) manager would never, ever lie. (laughs) I get it. It's a hot
1: take. I know. (laughs) <laughs> lying is how you is how you so, would do that.
2: I, I, do you think he's lying, or do you think he's told himself, "No, I've changed, Dave. I, Dave Tepper, have. Uh, I'm going to be different." He's lying
1: time. to himself, okay. which ultimately will be lying to Dave Canales when he starts meddling again. If
2: you're lying to yourself, you're not actually lying to other people because okay. you don't believe it a lie. Okay. That's right. Yeah, I was. I always wondered about that, so I looked it up. I did a deep dive, and it is true. If you genuinely believe what deep you're saying, it's a mistruth, but you don't realize that it. It's not a. It's not a prevarication. A lie. I don't know uh, why it t-
1: tickles me that you did a deep dive on that. Like Did a deep dive on this lying thing.
2: <laughs> well, because I've heard well, starting with George Costanza back in the day, but yeah. people have said, well, it's not a lie if you believe if it. If you believe it, um, and it's it's technically true, but yeah. Right. But if you know that if you know that you've convinced yourself to believe it, and that it's not actually true, then yeah, you're lying. I'll
1: all about the spirit. Um, so uh, the dumb NFL player that I was referring to, and I don't like to throw the D word around dumb on other people. I really don't. But Kayshawn Booty, former LSU wide receiver, who was honestly like at one time was forecasted to be a top 10 pick in the draft and then just had a horrible season in Brian Kelly's first year at LSU. Um, and, uh, and then wound up being a six round pick for the Patriots this year. Well, what we learned yesterday is that one of the reasons he might have been so bad in that year at LSU under Brian Kelly is that dude was placing like 400 bets a week on a betting website illegally because he was under 21. He was arrested in Baton Rouge yesterday for betting while under 21 while he was at LSU. He placed over 8,900 bets in a year. In a year? I've got to do the math on this. I'll tell
2: you what, though. This is uh, yet another. Look, it it might end up being the death of the NCAA, but the name, image, and likeness is reaping. Like, the NFL is reaping benefits from it already because it's a pre-screen for how guys are going to respond to having a little cash in their pocket. That's one of the biggest. It's one of the hardest things to figure out because even back in the day when your studs were getting payouts it wasn't like a sustained income stream necessarily. Yeah. You know, they, they might help their parents out or something or what have you. Now it's between this and then being able to get in trouble with gambling and everything. I feel like they can weed weed some of the guys out before, yeah, they, oversight. before they have to find out for themselves.
1: Yeah, oversight's a good thing. That's an average of 25 bets a day. Like, now he bet
2: on himself, right? <laughs> he never bet against his team. I feel like, again, if you're betting on yourself... Is the, is the real crime here that he did something Dude. under twenty? Are we going to have? Are we going to arrest everybody that gets caught underage drinking? Yeah.
1: Uh, not allowed to play in the NFL. The, the big bullet point of betting on himself from this story. Yeah, he bet on a parlay on himself in the season opener against Florida State. I remember that game. It was Brian Kelly's first game as coach at LSU. Yeah, he bet on a parlay for himself to go over eighty two and a half yards and score a touchdown. He had two catches for twenty yards. I remember watching that game. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Kayshawn Booty, I got to watch this game because he could be a Texans target in the draft this coming year. Mm -hmm. He's a really good wide receiver. He was sulking so bad in that game. I remember Kelly was talking about it after the game. Now we know why he was sulking. Dude probably had like 200 bucks on a parlay, and he wasn't getting nearly (laughs) the targets he needed. (laughs) Okay,
2: to get it, to get
1: that prop bet to hit.
2: That's a good. You know what? You should bet on your team, but not on yourself personally. That's probably the right way to. That's to selfish. Put it.
1: You're betting on your stats. Like, betting on yourself is me. selfish. Yeah, right.
2: Because then, especially, you know what? The the temptation then is to also stay in in the fourth quarter, perhaps even if it's a blowout. Right. And then you get injured or something. Yep. Yep. That's why he got like. Let's be honest. Wait, a he's getting charged with computer fraud because he was under 21. Like, all right, okay. Was oh, that what the charges this is, are? This is because he's. This is because somebody's pissed off. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, dude. He
1: used his mom's credit card, and his ID was Keshawn Booty 01. <laughs> like. <laughs>
2: This is a guy you can trust that if he screws up again, you're going to find out about it's it. It's true. He's honest. I'd, I'd rather actually have – it sounds like he's bad at being a criminal. He might learn his lesson it this may time. Maybe so. Maybe I, so. I say criminal. <laughs> yeah,
1: right, right, right. Betting on a bunch of games. All right, Um, heading into the 7 o'clock hour, <laughs> speaking of gambling, <laughs> um, Super Bowl odds are out for 2024 season, 2025 Super Bowl. This is definitely new territory For the Houston Texans. We will have it for you next.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?